Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the all-new Causeway Kings in proud partnership with the WMEX Sports Radio Network. And you can find it online at WMEXBoston.com. Click on Shows, then Podcasts, and there you go. Your friend Ben, as always, here, never a moment's rest, right? And joining us for the returning time and first time since we're back on episode one now, Merrill Marshall and Causeway Clancy makes his triumphant return in episode one. Boys, it's good to see you again. Yeah, it's great to see all you guys, um, Causeway Marshall and Causeway Clance here. Uh, just want to uh, say, you know, thank God you guys are healthy. I know Benny went through a little health thing, and, and so did you, Clance. So just want to say, glad we get the band back together. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's uh, well-rested. And um, we're making a playoff push just like the Bruins are. So let's go. Absolutely, guys. This is This is awesome, you know. Causeway Kings moving on to bigger and better things with uh, WMEX. The, the sky's the limit for us now, boys. Uh, you know, like Merrill said, it's great to have the band back. Um, you know, out with a little health issues, had some had some teeth pulled over the weekend, so I'm a little, you know, a little little mumbly uh, per, per se. But um, hey, but on the upside, guys, my family's growing. I got another little hockey player coming in August. Yeah, so congratulations. I got, uh, Thank you, thank you. So that's uh, three little boys in the Clancy household. So my poor wife is outnumbered. <laughs> wow, seriously! Oh, Congratulations, though, dude. That's thank you, thank you. We're excited. Uh, and you know what? From from the way the baby's moving, I think he's pretty excited about the uh, some of the moves the Bruins made during the deadline. Oh, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing, isn't it? Uh, new segue. life begins, and for the Bruins, well, we'll take uh, the additions that we got. Still would have liked to have seen a forward, but you know what? A back-end defensive uh, impact player, I'll take him. Hampus Lindholm joins the black and gold. And why don't we go ahead and start right off the bat with that. Episode 1 here of Causeway Kings. The trade deadline came and went. Jake DeBrusque got a two-year extension. That was strange. And yet, he's still in the black and gold. So, uh, looks like that'll be that for the rest of this season. The question really is now... Is he going to continue the decent play that he's had recently, or is he going to mail it in, as we've seen some players do in the past? Clance, since you're back in the mix, I'd love to have your take first. I, uh, To be honest with you, I, I think you know they, they signed him for, was it two years, $8 million, $4 mil per year, which I think they were doing that, which would make him easier for trade bait, but... You know, I think he's going to keep producing the way he is. Um, from what I've read through a few articles that were posted today, for him, it was more about a clarity and, and sense of like, you know, what's going on. And now that he knows, okay, I'm going to be a Bruin for the remainder of this season, he's just got the mental clarity now to be focused on helping this team win, which, to be honest with you, he's been doing since he's been bumped up that first line. He's been producing greatly. He's more effective on the ice in all three zones, in my opinion. Um, and I got to tell you, I completely underestimated his speed. He has some great breakaway speed. Um, so I think now that the, you know, the trade thing is kind of, I would say, put on the back burner, not really a distraction for him right now or the team. I, I think he, we're, I think we're going to see a better Jake DeBrosk in my eyes. I I totally agree. I, I also think part of the part of the calculus is too overall is that um, I think the. Marchand and Bergeron are going to hold him accountable. And if he's a, and if he's an anchor, not in a good way on that line and he's not pulling his weight, I don't think, uh, first of all, I think it'll stick out like a sore thumb because you could tell when it's, you know, playoff Jake and when it's, um, you know, Jake DeBrus not moving his feet. So I think that Bergeron and Marchand will definitely hold him accountable. And I, I think he has to, um, you know, I, I think there's an expectation there. You know, you're playing with two guys who, let's be honest, are, are Hall of Famers and are going to be certainly have their numbers up in the rafters. So there's a certain responsibility that falls on on you. And, um, you know, I, I, I think he's taken, you know, that and, and ran with it. So um, it's good to see. Um, I just, you know, the biggest thing, and it's always been his thing, is consistency and moving his feet. You know, even last night, seeing him uh, get in on the four check and, and uh, lay a couple of hits, like that was nice to see. And, and it's not even like I, we've been harping on this for a while. It's just 
not even necessarily getting on the score sheet, but it, it, it's doing all the little things, and, and then the, the points and goals will come. They sure will. And, uh, Clance, I, I want to uh, double down on what you said. DeBrusque really showed some incredible speed. Uh, that play that he made against Winnipeg the other night, I mean, from one knee to bat the puck down to ice level, settle it, and then feed a nice saucy dish like that, whoo, baby, where did you learn to do that? Yeah, no, I, I think making plays like that just comes along with confidence. You know, I, I think he is comfortable up in that first line with Bergey and Marshawn. Um, and, and I think they're giving him the confidence to go out and be the player that, you know, everyone's been hoping he's going to be. Um, and I, I think, again, now that this trade stuff is behind him and on the back burner, he's got a new contract for, you know, $4 million a year, which I think is like a, one point, uh, almost almost two million dollar up up pay from what he's making now. Oh yeah, which is great. So I mean, for now, hey, just focus on helping this team win, and that's what they're doing. They're winning. I mean, Montreal, who they beat last night, three two in overtime. They they've been on a bit of a heater lately since St. Louis took over as the coach. Yep. You know, um, I speaking of last night's game, I literally am pretty sure is was it Jake Allen that was in that. It was. Yes. I think he's still looking for his jock strap. Because <laughs> my, that that no thing way. that thing has to be up in like fucking Valdor right now. It's so far away. Oh yeah. The, Easily. Marshawn, I, I, I was well, I literally deked out of my underwear because I was like, Oh my god, like where did that just come from? Right. It, it was absolutely unreal. The the whole play was crazy, the way it developed. I mean, that's what we've been waiting for from this team forever. I'm so mm-hmm. glad that and, it came against the Canadians too. And they're, they're, thinking, they're winning without their captain right now too, who I know is on IR. They're saying he's potentially could be back Thursday night versus Tampa, but you, you never know. I mean, granted this arm infection that he has was only supposed to be a two game missing two games. He's now already missed three, but you know, you never know. But I, I think with the way Marshawn's playing, um, DeBrusque is playing, in my opinion, though, their best line, most consistent line, is Charlie Coyle's line. Charlie yeah. Coyle, um, Smith, and um, Trent Frederick. Frederick. Like, the best line for the Bruins right now, hands down. You know, I mean, Pasta's doing his thing, but Coyle's line is the most consistent. They're the most effective. And they're just – they're I feel the reason why this team is winning the way they are. Totally. I mean, supplemental scoring um, – Speaking of guys who've taken their opportunity to run with it, Trent Frederick looks like a completely different guy out there. Like, make a plays with the puck, confidence, poise. I'm like, where's this been for, like, two years? Mm-hmm. And um, even that goal last night, I mean, even though Clifton scores it, that was generated by that line, yep. um, you know, in the in that great feed. Um, starts with Frederick, possesses it down to uh, Coyle, and Coyle to, to, um, to Craig Smith, and then a great – uh, heads up play from uh, Clifton to cut to the front of the net. Like they just, they're playing playoff style hockey. That's the other thing too. Like that's a big body, tough line. That's, that's the new age, you know, grinded down kind of line that, you know, they, they can, they could play below the uh, play below the dots, play in the corners, win battles. And um, that takes a toll over seven games. And, and that has really helped, um, augment and supplement that second and first line. Um, another thing I just want to add to um, Eric Hall's play has been really well. It has been great. Um, I, I want to add to um, he he's been, you know, as close as much to the answer as, as you can get for a second line center, all things considered. So. Uh, he, he's been, he's been the, the Eric Hall that we were hoping for when we first signed him. He's you Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe he's got the gambling out of his system. I don't know, but hey, I love it. Nothing wrong with a little bit of the good stuff, right? And uh, as I'm looking at the stats here for the current roster, I mean, your plus-minus leader right now, uh, off the top of my head, I would not have guessed this, it's Matt Grizzlick. Plus 17, three goals, 17 assists, 20 points in 56 games, and only 20 penalty minutes. Not bad at all for the local kid. Uh, on the flip side of that, looking all the way at the bottom of the list, I'm kind of shocked and surprised. Minus eight, Nick Foligno, Thomas Nosek, despite being very involved in the plays lately, 
Uh, I really thought Nosek was a bit better off, but the goal production just has not come for those uh, two players specifically. I mean, five goals between the two of them, and yet, how many millions of dollars on that one? Now, granted, we know that we brought Felino in for more of a locker room presence, but kind of expected a little bit more of the former uh, assistant captain out of Columbus. Yeah, he's he's had a little bit of a, a tough go. I mean, he's, um, you know, I've been at times during the season tough on him, but, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he, he's been in the wars before, been in playoff battles. Um, you know, as a fourth-line guy, you know, I, I you don't want to see a guy making quite that much dough, but, I mean, he's, um, he's a value. He has been playing better. He's not quite the the black hole that he was um, a month or two ago. So um, and, he's been uh, less of a liability out there. Yeah, I think, you know, let's might as well just get right to the trade deadline. Absolutely. Go ahead. I mean, I, I the, the, the Hampus Lindholm signing in trade is, I, I think the missing piece that was needed for the decor. Um, I, I think he's going to be, unreal with McAvoy with the, as the number two guy, um, which, you know, he's more of a, a stay, stay at home defenseman um, has offensive ability and upside, obviously, but having him with McAvoy as more of the stay home guy in that pairing, and then let McAvoy go do what he can do offensively, knowing that there's someone back there that can cover is just going to make that pair that much lethal. I mean, that more lethal. And then they go ahead and extend him for eight years. Was it six and a half million a year, something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes. eight mil, wasn't it? I thought. No, eight years, six and a half. Yeah, yeah, eight years, six and a half. Um, yeah, long term, baby, and he's young. I mean, he's not exactly old. He's twenty eight years old. He's in his prime. He was a number six overall pick back in two thousand twelve. You know, um, I, I think he's the missing piece they needed on the for the Bruins on the from the D from the D side. I would say. Forward-wise, I wish they did something. I mean, if I had a grade there overall, give them a, you know, an A, B, C, or D for their trade deadline, I'd give them like a, maybe a B plus. Fair. B. It's about right. Because if you got that, if we got cop from Winnipeg or, uh, I mean, I I got to lie, I was not a fan of maybe like the, the Ty Domi talks. I was not really a fan of that. I think that would have been a downgrade from if they trade away like DeBrusque or something like that. But if we got like the kid Andrew Kopp from Winnipeg, I would have gave them like more of a B plus A minus from a, a grading standpoint because I think that Kopp kid would have been a much more improvement from an offensive production wise for the Bees. But you know, obviously everything comes at a price, and the fact that I think where he go Rangers, Kopp, yes, he, he went did. to the Rangers. They were active. So, the Rangers were very active, but I mean, in all honesty, I, I look at the Bruins now with what they require. I mean, you got Lindholm, who's a stud. They got um, Josh Brown from Winnipeg. Uh, not Winnipeg, uh, Ottawa. Yep. I don't. I know he's a big, rugged defenseman, so I think he's kind of like a forward, but with a little, bit, little bit more offensive okay. ability and skill. Hands, yeah. Which is awesome. Which they need that toughness back there. Um, and I. I and I've said this to a couple of my buddies that I, you know, we talk to on a daily basis about the hockey and stuff. If you really want to make a run with the pieces that you just got and what you have in place now, then you need to solidify Swayman as your number one. I think it's pretty yeah. much unspoken at this point. I mean, I'm not, I'm it's, not going to say all Mark is getting the number one spot. He's been playing great, but I think that uh, if with the tandem intact, maintaining Swayman as the one, that's a no-brainer in my book. I mean, I I hope that I'm not alone in that school of thought, but the guys have been lights out. I mean, and let's I mean, not to rip on Tuka Rask here. Great career, guys in the books, he's all done. Even with that distraction in the middle of the beginning part of the season, the fact that the two of them have been able to work it out, maintain consistency, and swim and went back down to the AHL for a little bit to make room for Tukes. I mean, I'm more impressed with the fact that they were able to get right back where they started from, and that's not just a Maxine Nightingale reference. <laughs> I, you know, I think it motivated him. I, I think it, I think it kind of put a chip on his shoulder. Um, I mean, we all knew just based on the contract status that that he was going to be the odd man out when Rask came back for that brief uh, period of time. But I, I think that motivated him 
to uh, say, all right, you, you think I'm not good enough to take the reins full time? Well, when I get back, I'm going to show you guys. And, um, you know, he, he has played amazing, amazing hockey. Um, just really been impressed with his ability to, to, to move side to side, post to post, and just read the play while like periscoping out and being aggressive. Like, I, I think it's um, in his reaction time and reflexes are just absolutely ridiculous. So um, I think the Lindholm move, getting back to that, I think that's a move for the now and the future um, because you're going to see that defense now solidify. I think it's going to slot the rest of the decor into minutes that are a little bit more um, manageable. Because uh, when you get in the playoffs, Lindholm and McAvoy are going to play half the game. So that means you can divvy out the rest of the game to the other, you know, four defensemen. Um, and I just think he's going to make everybody's life easier. You know, McAvoy is going to be able to play a little freer, um, be able to jump up in the play and be a little more offensive. And um, I think it's going to have a trickle down in that decor. Um, I would have liked to seen them get a forward. Um, you know, some of the players that moved, um, you know, I, I think like, you know, I would have loved to see him get a guy like, a, uh, but again, the, the way their bottom six is played, it, it would kind of be tough to move a guy up, but like a Nick Delorier, who was a freaking animal, he moved for a third round pick. I would have loved to see, to see that. Um, but, I would have you know, loved to get Rakab Raquel. Yeah. You know, Pittsburgh moved in last second too. Like I was watching on Twitter, they, they came in at like the last 10 minutes because it was like, Bought you heard like Boston, Vegas, Boston, Vegas, and then all of a sudden Pittsburgh just swooped in a lot like Aginla. I feel like that was like an Aginla 2.0 kind of thing. Yeah, very reminiscent. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you guys this: So you you signed Lindholm, you brought him in, you extended him, you signed Josh Brown. Who who do you who do you sit? Who who you know? Are you sitting Clifton? Are you sitting Forbert? Are you rotating those three with? You know, now that that's the dilemma that you have. You, you brought in Lindholm, who's going to be your number two guy with McAvoy. He's, you know, first pair is all set. Second pair, are you looking at, you know, Carlo uh, and Grizzlick? Okay, great. And then your third pair right now is Forbert and Clifton. So who do you see Clifton sitting or do you see Forbert sitting or those three just rotating? I think it depends on the matchup. I, I think it depends on what kind of team you're playing. If you're playing a heavier team versus you're playing like a, a team that that's a, a, has a little more skill and speed. I also, you know, not to, I understand what you're saying, clients totally. These things always have a weird way of working themselves out. I, someone gets hurt. I always feel like there's someone that gets dinged. We saw it in the Islander series. I mean, they were, they were, uh, you know, a, a couple a couple guys away from from grabbing people out of the stands at the end of that Islanders series. They were so banged up. I mean, you had Jared Tenorti playing like twenty minutes a night. I'm like, what what happened to the defensive depth? Um, so I, I think it'll work itself out. But I think in the meantime, I think if you're Mike Riley, Derek Fulbert, or even Connor Clifton, you're saying like, hey, I got to up my game. The, the well, minutes. Go ahead. No, that's why I I forgot about Riley. I, I left him off by accident. I didn't mean to, but you know, like you said, you're playing a heavier team. If I, you look at you put him paired up with Fulbert, those are two big boys on the back end that aren't afraid to throw hands and aren't afraid to throw the body around either. Which we've been saying for months now, or even years, that they need to be tougher on D. And I think this is a toughness that they need. Totally agree. Oh yeah, it's a right hand. Brown is a right-handed shot. So if you, if you wanted to, I love the way Clifton plays. Like if, if, like if Clifton, you know, was bigger, I think they wouldn't have need to make this acquisition. But, but if they're playing like team like Washington that has like big guys like Manta, obviously Ovechkin, you know, you're going to want Brown in there. You're going to want Forbert in there and maybe Clifton comes out. Um, you know, and you also got to think too, like, you know, you, you Grizzlick is a Grizzlick's a left shot. So, you know, it's it's Lindholm, Grizzlick, you know, Forbert Riley, question mark. And then on the right side, you've got McAvoy, Carlo, you know, Clifton. And, you know, I think Clifton could play either side. But, yeah, there's, someone's going to be the odd man out to, to start. But, um, you know, it's going to be – I'll tell you this. We're going to kind of get a taste of playoff hockey Thursday night. 
Um, and, and I think it's Tampa. Tampa's it's going to be a great game, and I'm interested to see where Lindholm plays, and I hope Bergeron is able to play because I, I don't want to face Tampa with, you know, your 1C being Eric Hall as great as he's been playing, or Studnika. I've, I've heard Hampus Lindholm is scheduled to play Thursday night against Tampa, and I, I don't see him anywhere else but with McAvoy. Yeah, absolutely. Truth be told, I'm kind of surprised he didn't just hop on a plane with his gear and be ready for the Canadians game. Wouldn't you figure you'd want to start fresh right off the on a good page? But, I mean, with travel and limitations, I'm sure there were plenty yeah, of I reasons mean, why not. Yeah, jet lag. He's coming from California. You know, he probably want to get one last tanning session in down on the beach. Um, Canada also has a weird quarantine rule. If you do somehow test positive for COVID, that's why like Jack and Brick were back in the Nesson studio because if you pop positive, you have to like stay there for like a week or some some ridiculous thing. Ugh. How many husbands do you think just say they tested positive? They don't have to go home with their wife and kids. <laughs> there, there are at least ten somewhere. Couldn't tell like, who they are. <laughs> There's just like one hotel next to all the strip joints that just has like all dads in there that say they have COVID. <laughs> now that's part of hockey life there. right there. <laughs> but then like, then look at, uh, what's his name? The guy from Montreal, Ben Sherratt, who gets traded to Florida. His, his first game with Florida was against Montreal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's... he literally went from playing the team he was playing for, traded to playing against the team he was playing for. Like he didn't even travel with the team. He just, State of Montreal, they let him uh, practice and work out in the um, in the practice rink until Florida got in town, and then he joined the team. That's that's hilarious. It's kind of funny how that how that sometimes that works out. Um, but you know, I would much rather have Hampus Lindholm than Ben Sherrod, who Ben Sherrod went for a first round pick, by the way, which is absolutely crazy to me. That that you know. In my feeling on that in general, like the prices and the draft picks, it, everything like everything else right now is exorbitant. But I think, too, because the uh, the cap's not going to go up for the next few years, I think teams are like, well, you want us to retain salary or you want us to trade player X? Well, you know, it's going to cost you an extra draft pick. Also, you know, that extra draft pick was worth it because Anaheim ended up um, that extra second. They they're retaining 50 percent of Lindholm's salary. So you could tell the way things were lining up. They were making moves to make another acquisition for a forward. I just think the prices got too high. And, um, you know, I, I think that like you, the, the players that they didn't want, whether it was Kessel, like he's Kessel didn't move. Nemestikov went for like a third round pick. That, that wasn't a guy they were looking to go get. Like they had a very mm-hmm. specific player in mind. It was either Raquel Domi or cop. And they all, they all went for pretty high prices. And obviously Claude Giroux, which who did not want to come to Boston. So, you know, but at, at the same time, like, yeah, the pricing, the prices were high, but we also gave up a first round draft pick in Zach Shensian, as well as another draft pick for a sixth round player, Josh Brown. Yeah. I, I mean, I like that they Senishin, brought someone in to fight, but I mean, Senishin is maybe the worst first round pick in, in a while. I, it, I think. Yeah. But now he watch him go to Ottawa who he'll he'll get a regular shift because they're in a rebuild. Is he going to light it up? No, but is he going to be an effective player? I think he is, to be honest with you. Oh yeah, but I I don't think he's going to put up, you know, um, you know McDavid numbers or Crosby numbers or you know anything like that. But I think he's going to get a full time playing position there now. But we're giving up a first round draft pick, who obviously was a bust in Boston's eyes, yeah, and a future pick, which I don't know, was it a fifth? Yeah, fifth round conditional fifth round pick for a guy that was picked in the sixth round, you know? So it's like kind of odd scenario of of a fur trade, but, you know, typically you try to trade something that's equal to, you know, what, what you're giving away. You want something equal in return. That's very completely different. Yeah. You would, you would have, you would have thought that like a, a Ty Lewington would have gone for, for Josh Brown, but I'll tell you, Senishin, they assigned him to Belleville. He's not even with the big team. So. Oh no, shit! Really? Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Guys, yeah. guys, give up, give up the dream and head over to Europe. <laughs> oh, what yeah. a rough way to be. But you know, yeah. that, it it still shows that that 2015 draft was one of the lamest 
in Bruins history, unfortunately. I mean, it's not getting any better with age. And now that the, uh, the, the trade routes are parted the sea here, I mean, you've got one of the guys left. He demanded a trade in DeBrusque. The other two are now Gonzo's. I mean, uh, uh, Luzon's, uh, is he still with us, or did he get shipped off too? I'm pretty sure he's gone. Yeah, I mean, Luz- he went to Seattle. That's, That's right, and then he, Seattle he got, traded him. And then Seattle traded him, yeah. So, they traded him because um, Giordano got traded too out of Seattle to um, Toronto. Which, by the way, quick thought on that. What was the point of even naming him captain? He didn't even make it through one season. Like, not he, one he full probably, season. He probably went to ownership and said, guys, I'm towards the end of my career. We're not making playoffs. We're not winning a fucking cup anytime soon. Do me a solid here and send me somewhere that I have a chance of winning. Why you chose Toronto? <laughs> I know, right? From there. Is he aware they have to play Boston in the playoffs at some point? I mean, like your your number one goal in Jack Campbell's hurt. Yeah, you just put Morazic on fucking waivers. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're bringing back Felix Pot, man. Uh, <laughs> he bell for Clance almost yeah, right? just spit his drink everywhere for the record. Andrew Raycroft, he, he was uh, he was in Toronto for a while. Uh, you know, what a head of hair on that guy. Oh, for yeah. sure, the flow is unreal. Ah. Oh. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, great uh, great podcast he has, too. And uh, he tells it like it is, obviously, uh, on the Morning Brew podcast. But, you know, looking at the looking at the overall deadline uh, for the Bruins, this was the you know, Hampus Lindholm move was definitely a move for the now and for the future. Um, I was happy with it. I was astonished that they didn't give up Lysel or, or Lori. That, that was my biggest fear. Um, I did read a couple of reports that, um, and I'm not sure, you know, this is post-trade, you know, kind of trying to prop themselves up or, or hype things up. Uh, but it was kind of weird, but I took it with a grain of salt. They were saying that Lysel uh, at the end of the season um, is going to come up and, and play with Providence and maybe even, you know, suit up for the Bruins once the Western Hockey League season's over. Um, I know he's having a great year. I kind of tap, you know, curb my enthusiasm a little bit but you know you never know right if the kids got first round talent I, I read all these reports that the kid is is nasty his edge work is ridiculous his his, his shot and his speed and his skill is amazing that you know you, you never know you, you never know maybe they make it deep and he can make an impact you get a couple injuries and he gets in and is a spark but um, you're, you're talking about LaSalle right LaSalle yes I'm sorry did I not mention that I'm sorry I'm, a, I'm an idiot if you so, did it, I, 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 I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Hey, listen. Oh, it's <laughs> good to have wife. the boys back. <laughs> um, no, great. I mean, rumor, rumor is, is that there's a chance he's going to be signed at the end of his WHL season and either assigned to Providence or join the Bruins. Yeah. Speak, um, speaking of which, in that regard, there, I uh, want to mention the local kid, McLaughlin, straight out of uh, BC, and uh, well, he didn't get a whole lot of time anywhere else. The B- the bees picked him up, and then he got assigned to the emergency squad. Next thing you know, he's on the big club. We haven't seen him play yet, but he is technically with the big club right now. That's pretty cool. And uh, Brendan Connolly is usually with us on these ones. Follow him on Twitter at bcon sixty three. Uh, we were talking about it live at TD Garden on Sunday for the MIAA State Tournament. Uh, it's crazy. He went from playing these high, the same high school teams that we've been calling for years now, all of a sudden in the big leagues. And it's just really cool to see the progression of the players like that. And uh, he wasn't alone in that regard. I, I absolutely expect to see some other uh, local names popping up relatively soon. Um, but just really great for the local kid to be signed in the hometown. I mean, that doesn't happen for everyone. As we've seen in the past, doesn't always work out, but I'm going to go ahead and knock on some wood here. It's going to be a good time. Charlie Coyle, you never know. But he had to go. Yep. He got drafted elsewhere, made a name for himself, and then came home, you know, and that seemed to work out um, for the most part. Nothing for nothing. He's doing pretty good right now. The uh, Weymouth connection always in a good spot, that's for sure. Um, well, I just switch gears real quick. Looking at the standings here, I didn't realize that the Bruins were so 
handedly ahead of the next closest team. 83 points in the standing right now. Red Wings are the next closest to them to catch up. 57 points. That's not happening. Uh, Not even close. And then, of course, sitting at the bottom of the Atlantic next to the Titanic, the Montreal Canadiens with their, check notes, 44 points on the season. Listen, you know your team sucks when the Buffalo Sabres have more wins than you. That's bad. That's bad. (laughs) Hold on. Just to talk about the Buffalo Sabres real quick, can we pause about Eichel's post-game press conference when his first game back in Buffalo, they lost to Buffalo? Oh, it was beautiful. And and his comments were, uh, it's a lot as I've heard of the building in seven years. They must have been happy that I'm gone. And like just so fucking bitter that they lost. <laughs> I would be too. I don't blame him. And and he's get, he's back on the uh, the injury list, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, ever since he arrived in Vegas, that team's energy has just gone, 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 gone. They have not won many games with Eichel at all. Not a good look, my friends. And I want to know what you think on that one. Uh, Clance, go ahead, take that one first. That's tough. I mean, he's an absolute stud in the league, but the, now the question is like, you can see that, like that, the camaraderie is not really, does not seem to be there right now. And you almost wonder like, is it him? Is, is he an, an egotistic asshole that thinks he's better than everyone? And, you know, quote unquote is a cancer in the locker room, you know, it is, or it is like, you know, I don't know. That that's the question to be asked, I guess. Well, yeah, I, you know, it's tough to say. I know, I know, Leonard's been hurt. He's been dinged up. Um, Mark Stone's another huge piece. He's been out for a while. Uh, Pacioretty's been out. Uh, they've just had a lot of. They've had a lot of injuries, and um, you know, they're they're kind of circling the drain. And um, you know, I, I think they're the mode for them is just get into the postseason. And, and try and get healthy, you know, it's, it's hard to say too, because you're like, get healthy. We are scraping, you know, with your fingernails trying to stay in the playoff race. You've got, you know, um, you got some other teams out there that, that are, uh, the Canucks are the next with, closest 68 points Canucks, to the night. 72 Dallas, as far as a wild card spot too, is, uh, is right there as well. In fact, if I look, I'm looking at the playoff probability via hockey reference, um, the Dallas Stars actually have a better playoff probability at 70% than the Vegas Golden Knights, who are only at 39%. And I think that has something to do with games in hand. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a that's a strange one to, to figure out. Um, but if, if Leonard doesn't get healthy as well, like that team is is going nowhere. Um, I, I don't see them. Uh, I, I don't see them. You know, uh, fighting through having uh, goalie goalie issues. Their backup goalies, Laurent Brassard and Logan Thompson. Who the hell are they? I think they bagged my groceries a couple days ago. Uh, I don't really know who they are. (laughs) Precisely. (laughs) Wow, what a way to put it. It's it's funny that, you know, talking of the goalie situations, like why, I mean, Vegas did not make another run at Fleury. I mean, you have your number one Leonard out hurt. Your two backups were apparently you know pumping merrill's gas and begging his fucking groceries last week why would you not go up to flurry now he's in minnesota who that is also a weird scenario because you have cam talbot who's your number was your number one who was just an all-star now you brought in flurry who obviously is a defending cup champ and you're a true number one like it's just kind of weird that they wouldn't make a run at flurry unless again there was a bitter taste in their mouth when he left or they traded. You never know. You know, we don't, we're never going to know what goes on behind the scenes. No, there was a, there was a bunch of stuff with the Vegas team. They blew out Gerard Gallant to start off with. That was a weird firing. You had the whole thing where they, they trade, uh, they trade um, Flurry. They had, you had that whole weird thing with the agent with um, the sword. Remember that weird thing where like the sword was going through him on Twitter? Like, Oh yeah. All sorts of weird- <laughs> They All sorts st- of weird shit behind the scenes. That was fucking unbelievable. <laughs> they did it to it him twice. Strange. They did it to him twice. Yeah. No wonder he didn't was, want to go back. I wouldn't either. It was very strange. And then they're right up against the cap. You know, they got 
you know, they got Mark Stone on IR who's sitting there making, you know, what is he, seven, eight million dollars a year at least? At um, least, yeah. They got all these guys injured. They can't really do anything. Like they Braden McNabb is hurt too, one of their best defensemen. And that's why I'm like, I'm looking at it at the trade deadline. And when they were in on Raquel, I'm like, how? They have like they have like three cents in cap space. Like, where are they gonna put where are they gonna you know, what are they who are they putting on IR next? Well like I'm glad you Just brought that up mess. because Vegas has got more problems than they know what to deal with at the moment. Of course, we have to talk about the Evgeny Dadanov trade. What a mess. So, yeah, I, I saw bits and pieces of that today. Um, was it something where he had like a no trade clause in his contract or like a list of teams or something like that and like basically – didn't obey by that or something like that? I don't know yeah. exactly what happened. So basically what the story was, was uh, Dodonov coming from Ottawa had filed paperwork with the NHL, as most players do with a no-trade clause. He said, I don't want to go to Anaheim. That's just one place I don't want to play for whatever reason. And Ottawa appears now knowing that the paperwork never actually made it to the NHL somehow. They just said, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Oh, by the way, uh, anyone that's looking to trade, you know, uh, is available here. Uh, Anaheim, looking good, 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 good. Oh, off you go. And then they tell him, and he goes, the hell are you talking about? I have a no-trade clause. And then the whole thing is now in limbo. And now somehow, right in the middle of it, John Moore, <laughs> he, he's completely stuck. Where does he go? He doesn't technically have a home at the moment because the whole trade is being disputed. And uh, I don't. What a mess. What a mess. mess. I don't know if Ottawa is to blame. Is the NHL head office to blame? Is the player to blame? What is going on here? But yikes a Rooney is all I can say about it. I wouldn't necessarily blame the player. I mean, the player is basically powerless in, in these situations up to the team to um notify them yeah i feel bad for john moore he's he's had concussion issues and you know now he he doesn't know where he's going to be playing or first of all he doesn't know if he's going to be playing again i mean technically he's not on long-term injury reserve but he's like a he's like a a a stubbing his toe away from being like on ltir he's a backup journeyman now yeah who knows what's going to happen with that i mean so that that whole thing is bizarre, you know. And just real quick, I wanted to add one thing on the on the on Mark Andre Fleury uh, trade. Uh, Bill Guerin, his former teammate in Pitt, is the GM. I think that was a power play where he's like, "Listen, come up here, you know, we'll uh, you know we'll make you feel right at home." And um, they loaded up. Like the two teams that I really looked at and loaded up were Minnesota and the Rangers. They uh, in the and you want to throw the Panthers in there too. Like there were some serious moves at the deadline and um, definitely was an arms race. It's definitely going to be an awesome playoffs. I wish the playoffs started tomorrow. Um, I think and, they uh, said this was like a record amount of trades at the trade deadline. Something like 33 or something like that. I heard that yeah, too. Yeah. Lot. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, I mean, it was explosion after explosion. And then, I mean, the weirdest part was seeing Mark Andre Fleury show up in a Minnesota wild Jersey. I'm thinking, sitting there thinking to myself, did did Minnesota just get good? Like, wow, they've been good, dude. They they're a sleeper team this year, and I think you you know bringing in Flurry just made you that much more dangerous come the playoffs. I mean, they're in second place behind Colorado. Obviously, Colorado's got them you know up by points at ninety five, and Minnesota's at seventy eight. But still, like they're 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 going to be a very very hard team to beat. Yeah, you know, they got a lot of young out. talent on that team with. Kippersoff and Greenway and Matt Boldy and you know they they also got the other kid. Oh no, he went to um, Arizona. The kid Del- McLeod out of BC. Delorier just got picked Delorier, up as well. Yep. yep. I mean, it, it, wow. It's going to be interesting. That second round series. I'm fully anticipating the Wild and Avalanche are going to meet. That second round series is going to be a freaking bloodbath. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's must see TV. Seriously, um, I wanted to make mention of this too. I noticed that the Vancouver Canucks outwardly outed and called uh, Travis Hamanick 
a straight up locker room cancer. Get him out, Gonzo's, and so much so that it was even being reported that players were reaching out to management and just saying, thank you for getting rid of this guy. We can at least feel like we're a hockey team again. I did not know that there was some kind of issue going on with the guy. Obviously, the casual fans aren't privy to locker room deets like that. But, I mean, Travis Hamannick has been a big body for years in this league. I didn't realize he was uh, detrimentally taking down the Canucks team, which 30-26-8 on the season for 68 points, trailing the Golden Knights. Uh, Crazy. Just absolute crazy. You just never hear that where teams just – straight up publicly come out and say, this guy, garbage, he's gone now. Just, when was the last time you heard of that happening? Not yeah. for all. Um, when was the last time we talked about Vander Kane? <laughs> there you go. Okay, yeah. within this last year, I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's crazy. You know, I, I thought Vancouver was going to make a lot more noise at the deadline. I know there are talks of Connor Garland potentially coming to Boston talks of JT Miller potentially going back to the Rangers. I thought they would have did more, but hey, I mean, hopefully <laughs> Travis Hammond, they, you know, they're not, that's all lies, but who knows? But Crazy stuff. Watch, was, watch, watch him go on an absolute tear right now that he's well, gone. Yeah. Well, multiple players, I'm, I'm reading this um, from the Daily, uh, Daily Hive, which is, I believe, a, a, a website up in Canada. The, the change in the room, players uh, will say it will be a breath of fresh air getting rid of, uh, getting rid of Travis Hamannick, um, uh, um, anonymous source told Frank Saravalli. I mean, they, they, they uh, yeah, they could not stand this guy. So, I mean, it, you know what? It happens. I mean, sometimes, so, I mean, maybe it gets out a little more now because of social media. But going back a ways, there've always been, you know, you've always heard stories about players not getting along with players for for this, that, or the other. I mean, it's been going on for a long time. I mean, you're gonna have, you got 25 guys on a team or whatever. You're gonna have, uh, you know, personalities sometimes clash. I mean, hell, you even see it in beer league for crying out loud. <laughs> a rumor. There was a lot of rumors going around. I, you know, it's 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 tough to say what is. Uh, you know, there, you know, there's something there, but you don't know exactly what it is. Uh, so, no, but I, we're, we're never going to know. I heard a lot of, I mean, I heard a lot of things, you know, between whether it's, you know, Lindros and Rod Brindamore, you know. Lindros uh, and John LeClaire. Lindros and John LeClaire, Craig Janney and uh, Brendan Shanahan, like, you know, go right on down the line. The, the flyers of the late 2000s, early 2010s. You know, you don't know what the, you don't know what to believe, but you know where there's smoke, there's fire. But I don't uh, know. Uh, just looking at the standings once again, and uh, didn't realize just quite how close the top teams in the Atlantic Division are right now. Bruins, Maple Leafs, Lightning, eighty-three and eighty-four points respectively. I mean, this Thursday we could see a massive change in landscape just with one win and one loss. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't even imagine, and nothing for nothing, but I'm also blown away by the Panthers this season. Absolutely blown away. 42 wins, 14 losses, 6 in overtime, 90 points, and nothing for nothing. They've scored scored 254 goals. They've had 180 scored on them. That is an absolutely unreal differential, and there's not too many other teams that can even claim numbers close to that. So they they had a they had a shit can Joel Quenville because of the whole Blackhawk scandal fallout. He was they started the year seven and zero under Quenville. They fired him, and um, Andrew Brunette has taken over and has done a great job. I, I'm not surprised that uh, Brunette's doing well though. I mean, he's a really if you look at his career, very well respected guy everywhere he's been, whether it was Colorado or Minnesota. Um, and you know, they're, uh, they're a really talented hockey club and they're just, um, they're just kicking ass and taking names. The one, the one thing I'll say, the one, um, the one fly in the ointment is, um, let's see how Bobrovsky looks, uh, postseason. That's the one thing I would, I would kind of caution people. Let's see. He's had some meltdowns in the postseason before, um, and, you know, Spencer Knight's been good this year, been pretty good, not great. Um, so, so we'll see. We'll see when the uh, the bullets start flying. I'll say this though, 
I think if they if they do end up drawing, if if the Bruins end up facing Tampa and Florida faces um, Toronto, I, I think Florida is going to wipe the floor with uh, Toronto. Oh God, yeah, I cannot agree more. Oh yeah, I mean, speaking of the goalie thing, though, I I want to say it was Toronto that put like their top prospect goalie on waivers so for him to clear so then they could sign him but when they put him on waivers Arizona scooped in and picked him up <laughs> brutal yeah, I, I think <laughs> what, honestly, a, what a kick to the ball <laughs> Toronto they, they're they, it's it's so funny I, I know you know as much as I enjoy seeing the Canadians lose I just as much enjoy seeing Toronto lose just to see like Steve Dangle and all the, all the, all the uh, people up there blow their blow a gasket and have an aneurysm because like that team for all the talent they have, they just cannot figure it out, especially come this time of year, playoff time. Um, Again, it's the same story and it's gotta be the mix of players because I mean, look at what Freddie Anderson's doing with Carolina. It's called, you know, you want the dish to taste better? Just, just hold the Toronto, and he's fine. Look at him; he's he's, he's having a great year. I mean, like, that, you when you have sixty-five percent of your salary tied up in four players, like there, there's something wrong there. Now, granted, Austin Matthews, if he doesn't hit sixty-plus goals this year, I'll be shocked. Yeah, he's already at forty-six. The kid has played 391 NHL games. He has scored 245 goals, 185 assists for 430 points. It's a, it's absurd how they're not winning playoff series in their sleep with production like this is mind boggling. Obviously goaltending needs to be a part of it, which I know they were banking on Jack Campbell to be their number one, but he obviously can't even stay healthy. So it's like, why would you not make a push to go get Marc-Andre Fleury or make a trade to bring in a true number one? Like they can't, they don't have the room. And the other thing too, is like, you you look at it. I I think the big, the big thing that ended up biting them in the ass was when they signed John Tavares for as good as he is, that should have gone to Alex Petrangelo that, that, that money needed to be allocated somewhere else to a, to a top, you know, top paired defenseman, um, you know, instead they've got, you know, you, they, they've ran through, you know, Jake Muzzin who um, who's out with it, with a pretty serious injury, you know, in their defenseman, you just look at it. I mean, Timothy Lilligren, Rasmus Sandin, Justin Hall, TJ Brody, nobody. I mean, do they, where do they, if you put any of those guys on the Bruins, would they even play? No, would they would they even be in the line? I mean, Morgan Riley. Okay, I'll give you Morgan Riley, but I mean, I I still would. You know, he, he can't touch McAvoy or Lindholm. I mean, it's it, it just that team that that's where they really kind of went wrong uh, in building the team. And I think you know Kyle Dubas. You know, he's done well for a sixteen year old kid. I mean, that's what he looks like. You know, with the, with the so I mean, it's it's great that they're allowing um, you know you know young kids to uh, take an apprenticeship program while they're in school and run and run a uh, NHL franchise. Merrill's savagery level is off the they, charts. They, they're gonna they're gonna be bounced in the first round this year, and um, you know Kyle Dubas will probably be uh, you know looking for a job. Dude, if, if they don't win, if they get bounced in the first round, if I'm Austin Matthews and I'm Mitch Marner and I'm Nylander and, you know, Morgan Rowley, I'm like, trade me now. I want to trade. I'm waiving my no trade clause. I, I will take a pay cut to go to a contending team. Yeah. Like, they didn't. Got- yeah. But they didn't. You know what? The funny thing about them is they kind of, you know, good on the players for getting as much as they can get, but they created the problem. They never took a dime less. They didn't pull a Pasternak or, or a Marshan and kind of take a little less for the greater good or like McAvoy. These guys went for top dollar, and now, um, you know, they're, um, they're, you know, they don't have any money to pay anybody else. You get guys, you know, that are subpar players or, or guys past their prime having to take minimum deals, you know. I mean, I, I like Jason Spezza five years ago, but I, I don't know if I, you know, how much I like him now. Right. So. It's like, he's, got 20, what, he's got 20 points. 
Not 20 bad. points in 56 games. I mean, that's okay, but I mean. I think Matthews and Monner should go to Arizona and just tear it up at Arizona State University. Oh, totally. And they could, you know, in front of all 10 fans, they'll play against a whole dozen people. You know, it'll be in the stands cheering them on. And that, um, how, what, what are they, what, what is that hold? Um, the Sun Devils? You know, like, 300 people. It's like the cellar in Abington. I think that, that that's how many, uh, no, I, I think the new arena is going to hold like 4,000. I, I thought, it, I thought it was 5,000 was the official number, but I mean, that's, but here's, here's the thing too, though, right? Arizona has to pay $20 million to Arizona state to have like their own locker room area facility built when there's an arena in their hometown that needs about 15 to $17 million of renovations that holds 15,000 people. Like if I'm an Arizona, if I'm like Clayton Keller, I'm like, dude, get me the fuck out of here. I lay enough pipe at BU when I was there. I don't need to go to Arizona state to lay anymore. <laughs> I didn't know he was, I didn't know he was a pipe fitter, Clance. I just thought he, 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 he laid that pipe. All right. He sniped top cheddar. <laughs> oh my God. Like, but like that's a joke. Free agents. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, hold on. Let me make sure the campus is opened up for a, uh, to have a, a, you know, a top draft pick come through for a walkthrough. Yeah. Plenty of Keystone lights available and, um, you know, no, no sweets. Like you think it is the other thing, honestly, like what? hockey is such a gate dependent sport. Like it's not, it, they don't have the massive TV deals. Like how the hell is that going to work? Like if you're one of these big ticket organizations, like the Rangers, like, or, you know, the Bruins or any original six or, you know, flyers. And you're like, what? redheaded stepchild is an understatement for the Arizona coyotes. I mean, what would like cousin Eddie from freaking Christmas vacation. That's what the Arizona coyotes are. Hold on, hold on. The jumbotron's not working. I got to call a custodian. Hold on a minute. (laughs) That's what it's going to be like. It's it's, mind. Absolutely blown. Where, Where is the professionalism? Why are we paying players millions of dollars to shoot this puck in the name of the Coyotes, and we can't even put 10,000 fans in front of them? A pregame presentation, they're doing, like, glow sticks instead of, like, the, the the regular, like, LED lights. They're just having, like, a like a, you know, giving away free tickets to, like, the sororities and fraternities, and they're just doing, like, glow sticks, like a rave. There's no warm-up music. It's just, like, the school band. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, my God. I, oh, like, I, I feel bad for the Coyotes. But, hey, the hot dog stand is going to be right there next to the bench, and you know Phil the Thrill is happy about that. Oh, Phil, oh, the, he's, he's, gonna... got like, he's got like fucking six goals in the year. <laughs> oh, man. I, I can't believe that we were still talking about actually potentially bringing him back to the bees. I mean, what would have been the point and purpose for that? You know, the guy left because he didn't want to be here. Why are you going to bring him back ten years later? It doesn't make sense at all to me, but I'm yeah. glad that that did not happen for the record. Yeah, it makes, makes two of us. Yeah, make, make three of us then. Unreal, guys, unreal. We have uh, must have been having fun or something because I'm looking at the clock and I'm realizing, wow, we're already coming up on our hour. So uh, in an, our inaugural episode here on the WMEX Sports Network, and by the way, you will be able to find all content from Causeway Kings on WMEXBoston.com very shortly. You'll also be able to find the, all these episodes in their normal home on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Deezer, Dozer, Dozer, Dazer, Dasher, Prancer, and uh, whoever else I missed in the Santa Slay ride there. Anywhere fine podcasts can be found, that's where you'll find us. I see. I, I said it. I stand by it. Holy shit. There's like 50 <laughs> outlets. I got to literally go through one by one and add all of them. So we were all nice and properly set up, but, uh, you know, changes have to happen in life and i'm glad that they did because guys it's very important that we share each other's work i want you to know that and i really appreciate you guys posting on twitter facebook and everywhere else that you can because like i said it's all about teamwork makes the dream work funny how that works huh no better place than wmex i can tell you that absolutely Woo. And uh, honestly, uh, Clance, I'm really excited for the upcoming uh, high school hockey season. I know we're a whole year away. We just finished it up. You, we've got prime spots now. 
I think we're going to be hearing a lot more from the Braintree squad this upcoming season, uh, especially now that Brendan and I have got our uh, equipment situated. we got all that figured out. Internet will not stop us ever again, and nor will the thick walls of the zap. We're going to be there for you next season, brother. I hope so, because the Braintree Womps are a team to, to watch out for. You know, and, you know, just to touch on the high school season, you know, the varsity lost a, a heartbreaker to St. John's Prep. Uh, three two, um, you know, I would say if you took away the first two goals that St. John's Prep scored, which were shitty bounces and redeflects, then hey, you know what, Brantshire High was taking down Severian in the state championship game, no doubt about it. Um, but it's also to look at you know see St. John's Prep beat Severian, knowing that we lost to the team that just won it all and the team that was number one overall in the state, and we we only lost them three two. Yeah. That just shows what Braintree High Hockey is all about. And you know what? Like, we're graduating 18 seniors this year. Our goalie's only a junior. He's going to be one of the best goalies in the state. And, you know, the young core kids that I have on my JV team right now that are going to be able to step in and play right away next year is just going to fill in those gaps and make that team that much stronger. So Braintree High is the team to watch out for for next year, no doubt about it. Absolutely. And uh, Brendan and I spoke about it briefly, actually live on the call as we were uh, in the second intermission of the uh, St. John's Prep Severian D1 final. And uh, man, you are absolutely correct. What you guys were able to do with those seniors over the last four years really absolutely turned the program into an elite level school. And it's just it was really awesome to see that progression, especially over the last few years. Uh, you guys have done a fantastic job. And Clance, I know you're an assistant coach on the big squad. You're the head coach of the JV team. Uh, absolutely job well done, buddy. And uh, just wanted to say congratulations on a great season. Forget about the last one. And uh, honestly, Zavarian gave them uh, St. John's Prep everything they could handle. But uh, history was written this year. It is what it is. But no, next year absolutely. is even better. And I, and I appreciate that, Benny. And, you know, I, I look at that varsity roster this year, and I coached every single kid on that team at the JV level except for three. There's three kids on that team that were that are seniors that made varsity as freshmen. That's it. Every other kid on that team played at, l- at least one year. Some played two. Some played three years of JV hockey with me. Oh, I love it. That explains everything. Yeah. That's why these kids are showing up to the, the very first varsity practice ready to rock and roll. No quarter asked, none given. And that is the kind of hockey mentality that we love to see. So, Clance, once again, congratulations on a great season. Absolutely. And we're yeah. looking forward to uh, everything that next year is going to be bringing for the Braintree squad. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for next season. It's, you know... I love coaching and I say to my wife all the time, if I could get paid a salary to pay our bills and pay our mortgage as a hockey coach, I would drop what I'm doing right now in a heartbeat to do it. You know, and the part for me, you know, not to get like sentimental about it is, you know, again, I very close relationships with a lot of those kids, you know, I'm close with the families outside of hockey and everything, you know, a day or two after, you know, that heartbreaking loss, you know, I, I probably got a dozen, dozen and a half text messages from kids saying, coach, I, I can't thank you enough for everything you taught me as a coach, as a person, as a player, as a, as a, as a man, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without your guidance and what you taught me. And to me, that's the satisfaction that I get in coaching, not if they win or lose and win a state championship, it's knowing that I'm able to help them better themselves on the ice as well as off the ice. And that that's to me, you, you can't ask for a better, a better gift. Well said. Well said. Makes it worth it, man. You coaching the, you developing the whole kid, and you know that that's what really makes it worth it to be like, hey, you impacted that kid's life for the rest of their lives, and they're, they're going to take that all those lessons going forward, and they'll have those great memories. And I know like how hard you work. You know, we talk through text, and like you, hardest working guy I know in hockey. Really, is like you know you and, and you know I know Chiggs works hard too, and. You know, it, it's a it's a labor of love, man. A lot of a lot of early mornings and late nights. And um, congratulations, man. You you definitely got a future in hockey. And, and I'll tell you this on, a, on the other side, the the pod hasn't been the same without you, for sure. Like you know, 
So no, I, I miss you guys. It's it's been you know it's been a long time coming. I mean, dealing with you know some some bone issues and arm issues and you know having my teeth out on Friday and it's been a lot. But you know what? I'm back, ready to go. And you know this is this is you know my unfortunately I'm not medically allowed to play men's league hockey anymore due to an arm issue. So, you know, being able to do the, the Causeway Kings and coach and everything still, it's, that's my connection with the game. And that's, and that's what I love. And, you know, I'm at peace with not being able to play anymore. And in the end, I get to have more time with my wife and my boys and, you know, coach them. And it, it's just, there's nothing better than, than doing that. You well, know, with two of them already present and one more on the way, that's okay. You don't have time for all that. No more. You gotta, you gotta be the good dad that you already are, man. So Congratulations on that, and uh, just overall, we're just happy to have you back. And uh, right here on Causeway Kings on the WMEX Sports Network, folks, I think you're going to be hearing from all of us a little bit more often. And who knows? Absolutely. You never know what hockey is going to bring us. Playoffs are around the corner, and if we pull our cards right, I think Beacon's trying to get us credentialed at TD Garden, so that'll be pretty cool, too. We'll see what happens with that. I'm actually going to be at the game. Thursday night, I'm going to try and get an interview or two. I'll be in a uh, luxury box. Thank you, Ben Moore. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can get some, uh, some, some content for you guys. And, uh, Ben, really- did you get, did you get your invite? Did you get lost in the mail? I must have not got that text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spent enough time at uh, TD Garden's ninth floor on Sunday. This is for work. <laughs> this, is, this is a work thing. I'm sorry, dude. If I could, I totally Listen. would. Meryl, I, I, I think we've had this conversation before that, like, you know, Arch Painting, who you work for, is a client of mine for my job. That's true. You know what? In all seriousness, people, this isn't bullshit. He's 100% right. Actually, you know what? <laughs> this, a card can be pulled here somewhere. That's true. Well, yeah, you know what? Arch Painting is a client of Thrive Networks. We manage all their cybersecurity and networking and all that, and... Just saying, just saying. You know, there's that old thing, one hand washes the other. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. I'm going to start working on on that in right now, actually. You you do realize that, like, come August when my third child is here, like, the amount of, like, socialization I'm going to be able to do is going to be very limited. We'll we'll be lucky to have him via Zoom at this point, you know. I'll be I'll be I'll be fucking recording with a baby bajon on my chest. <laughs> well, all the more reason, honestly, all the more reason for us to then get out to a game. Then, all right, I'm gonna make that my mission, Clance. I, in all seriousness, that, that that's uh, I, I'm gonna do everything in my power to make that happen. What little power I do have, uh, <laughs> I will wield uh, all of my tiny power. I'm now that I'm 40. No testosterone. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I've missed you guys. Oh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Boys, I think that's going to be it for episode one. We're an hour and four minutes into it. Well done. Well played. Once again, happy to have you guys back. We're going to have Chiggs join us next time. Beacon, Brian Johnston as well, and the whole crew, and a lot of guests. We got lots of guests lined up for this one, folks. So, Don't you miss any of the future episodes. Again, you'll be able to find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just about everywhere else fine podcasts can be found. Meryl? Guys, I think I might have a guest for next week, in all honesty. Thank you for reminding me. Um, We're going to try and get uh, Heath Gordon, former uh, Providence College (laughs) player on the pod. Um, Gordo. Drafted by the the Blackhawks. Played uh, played the ECHL, so yeah, he, he former coworker of mine too. Truth be told, will uh, tell some stories, or he'll tell the stories. I'm gonna listen. I got nothing. I got, I got no stories. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll listen to him tell some stories. It, it, it should be it should be fun. And um, you know, we're gonna do a lot. You know, Brewery Forty Four is a sponsor. We're gonna be getting them back in the fold, and you know, we're gonna try and grow this thing. Uh, you know, full speed ahead. All systems go. And uh, let's make this uh, let's make this podcast uh, something to behold. I'm I'm all in. I love it. And before we officially sign off, Benny, I want to give a huge shout out to our former squad, the uh, Vikings Premier yep. Mike team that just won the PHL Mike Premier Championship. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of those kids, you got the, the, the Goffs, the Needles, the Spiegels, hats off to all of them on winning a championship. Uh, proud of all you little rats, and uh, I miss you guys. <laughs> oh, man, that was a great group of kids there, and I'm just so happy that they were able to take a huge W in the biggest game of their young careers. And that feels good all the way around for the coaching staff, the parents, and, of course, the young players. Congratulations, boys. Well played, well deserved. Well, folks, I think that's going to do it for us here on Causeway Kings. Again, now proudly partnered on the WMEX Sports Network. You can find more on WMEXBoston.com. And pretty soon, we'll even have our own section on the website. I love it. In the meantime, thank you very much on behalf of my cohorts here, Merrill Marshall, Adam Plants. Always appreciate you guys. This is your buddy, Benny. Signing off for the Causeway Kings Episode 1. We'll see you next time. As is tradition, let's go bees.